Hi, and welcome to the It's Not You, It's PCOS podcast. I'm Ebony. And I'm Laura. And we're two expert PCOS dietitians. We're going to be sharing with you our favorite evidence-based nutrition and lifestyle tips so you can start to feel your best with PCOS. If you have ever blamed yourself for having PCOS or for any of the frustrating symptoms that come along with it, we want you to know that it's not you, it's PCOS, and that with the right knowledge and support, you can live a full, healthy and happy life with this condition. Hi, Laura. How are you going? Good. How are you feeling this morning? Well, as you know, it is bright and early here this morning, thanks to you and your new 5am starts. Yes. So Ebony and I have been really excited to get you know, our podcast happening for you and recording all these awesome topics. So we had a good chat offline and we were saying that, you know, the only way we're going to do it is if we wake up really, really early. And I've been waking up at 4.30 a.m. to make my life goals happen. So that's been huge for me. And Ebony is now on board and also waking up at 4.35. So I'm really proud of <laughs> Ebony. Um, we made it and we're really excited to actually be doing this, uh, especially at 4.30 in the morning. Um, how do you feel about that? Yes. Well, as you know, I am quite the night owl and you can usually find me, you know, around the house at midnight, still awake. So to wake up at 4.30 is a big deal for me, but I am very proud of myself because like you, prioritizing sleep, getting up earlier has been a big, you know, to do for me this year because it is so important for your health. So thank you for the little push in the right direction. I've ultimately been kind of forced to get up at 4.30 in the morning, which I love and I'm very happy about. And I am looking forward forward to trying to continue the momentum with this one. Yeah, it's it's hard. When you start a new year, you know, New Year's resolutions always come up, but I actually have a word instead of a New Year's resolution sort of checklist. So I have a word, yes, and it's basically just change. That was mine this year. I'm like, what am I going to do to change my life? And it was I need to get up early to make those healthy habits actually happen because I was sleeping really late. I am a night owl too, so, you know, Yay to us for making this big change. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to coming along for the ride with this awesome change you're making <laughs> and hopefully it will rub off on me too. Yeah, well, you know, you're, not, you're the product of the people you hang around with. So, you know, I love this for us. It's so good. Well, today we have a really interesting topic for you all and it's really come about by the questions that we get asked every day. For those of you who don't know, we are both dietitians who specialize in PCOS. So we're working with clients who have PCOS every single day. And a question that comes up time and time and time again is, you know, what's the best type of cereal that I should be eating? What's the best type of muesli that I should be eating? So we thought today we would break it down for you so you know exactly what to look for when you head to the supermarket and you're trying to look at that huge, big, giant shelf of cereals and mueslis, which one's going to be the best one for you to pick? Yeah, exactly. I think this is a great topic, particularly if you are trying to make those great lifestyle changes and you're trying to fill up the pantry with some good options. I think muesli is one that tends to be one that can be 
quite healthy and also can be full of lots of different things that we we want you to be a bit more aware of. So we're going to break down what is muesli, important things to look for such as fat and sugar, toasted versus non-toasted and, you know, how you pair your muesli, what foods you're pairing it with, how does that affect your blood sugar levels. So that is what we're going to be chatting about today. So first of all, what is muesli? What do you think it is, um, Ebony? What would you say it is? So for me, muesli is that really yummy combination of rolled oats, usually nuts and seeds. And look, they all, mueslis really do vary in terms of the ingredients that are in them. But often you'll find things like dried fruit, coconut flakes uh, in there as well. Yeah, so muesli is a combination of those those ingredients and they are good quality nuts and seeds and oats. These are great ingredients that we do want you to be having more of, but it's just the form that they come in. So there may be some things like some added sugars to them or they may have natural sugars in the muesli and it can be tricky working out what's a good muesli and what's uh, one that might be a little bit higher in sugar and fat that we may want you to just be a little bit aware of the portions that you're having and being aware of what's in them. Yeah, and I guess the first step when we're, when you're sort of looking at all of the different mueslis that are that are on the shelf, one of the first decisions that you have to make is do I go with a toasted muesli or an untoasted muesli? And they're, they're quite different in terms of their flavour, their texture, their mouthfeel, and they can also be quite different in terms of their nutrition as well. Now, Laura, I don't know about you, but I actually love toasted muesli so much more than untoasted muesli. What do you prefer? Toasted has so much more flavor. I love a good toasted muesli and I know it might be controversial because they do tend to be a little bit higher in sugar, but not always. And I know back when we were at uni, which was a while ago now, I know that was one of the things that was always the swap toasted muesli for untoasted muesli. But I mean, The thing is, if we swap a food for something else, we actually have to eat and enjoy that food that we're swapping. So there's no point in swapping something out if you're hating every mouthful. So as you were saying, Laura, with toasted muesli, sometimes they can be a little bit higher in sugar and they can also be a little bit higher in fat because when they toast that muesli, they have to coat it or they usually coat it in either some sort of oil or butter and that gives it that really nice, crisp, toasty flavor. But mueslis really do vary in terms of how much of that added fat is included. So when we're looking on the back of those muesli packets, on those nutrition information panels, If you can try to aim for less than three grams of saturated fat per 100 grams, that is typically sort of a good ballpark to aim for in terms of muesli. It does vary from dietitian to dietitian and obviously from person to person. That's definitely on the lower end of the scale when it comes to saturated fat. What do you get your clients to look for, Laura? Yeah, I also get them to look for three grams of fat per 100 grams. I think that's a good start. I know it is a little bit on the lower end, but you can find great muesli selections that are in within that range. We were talking about this earlier that, you know, with muesli, the portion sizes can be quite small. 
So we tend to have a little bit more than what's on the back of the packet anyway. So I think sticking to that that sort of guide is important. It is, you know, saturated fat is something that we do want to keep our eye out on. It's not necessarily terrible, but it, it is, you know, high kilojoule. It's not necessarily good for our blood sugar levels or weight management. So I agree with you. I think that's a really good starting point. You really do need to turn the the muesli over and have a look at the nutrition panel. And yes, at least three to five, I think, would be a good good pick. That's a nice general range, isn't it, that will suit most people. So I like that. And just to reinforce, that's, that's the saturated fat content. There are different fats that are measured on the nutrition information panel. The one that, that we want you to really look at is that saturated fat. And the reason why, as Laura mentioned, is that it is really quite high calorie, high kilojoule. But we know diets that are high in saturated fat aren't great for insulin resistance. They're not good for our blood glucose control and they potentially aren't the best for our overall health either. So that's the one type of fat that, as as Laura was saying, we don't need to cut out completely. Saturated fat's actually really important. We need to have some in our diet. It's just when we overconsume it. Yeah. The other nutrient that we need to be mindful of is sugar. So what do you look for when it comes to sugar, Laura? I like the, the range of 10 grams per 100 grams or 10 to 15. I think that's a good range, um, particularly if it doesn't contain dried fruit. I think that's what you should be aiming for. If it does contain dried fruit, then it will be higher because, uh, you know, there's naturally occurring sugars there too and there mm. might be some added sugars as well. So you do need to look at both. But if it doesn't contain that, you know, fruit in, in it or dried fruit, then yes, I would be trying to stick to that 10 grams per 100 grams. What do you look for? What do you recommend to your clients? Yeah, with with the, with the sugar, we need to be really cautious of how quickly that can add up when you've got multiple sources of sugar in, in a muesli. So you've got maybe some added sugar, then you've got that dried fruit. And before you know it, you've got a really quite a high sugar content per gram. So mm. I'm with you, Laura, anywhere between sort of under 10 to 15 grams of sugar per 100 grams is a really good place to start when looking for a muesli. And for most of my clients with PCOS, I really encourage them to look for mueslis that are fruit free, just because that dried fruit is such a concentrated form of sugar, you don't need a lot to really add a huge amount of extra sugar to that product. And I much prefer people to flavor or sweeten their muesli with some fresh fruit or herbs and spices. It's going to you know, add much more nutrition to your overall meal. And with fresh fruit, you're going to get the added benefit of being able to eat more and it will fill you up more. So really helpful if you're struggling with your appetite, if you're struggling with cravings, or if you're struggling with your weight. Having a nice, big, voluminous breakfast with your muesli is going to be really, really helpful for those things. Muesli is a great, delicious option. So don't fear the sugar. It's just being aware of it and choosing one that doesn't have added sugars in them or is, again, low in sugar overall. So, again, you know, it's important to look at the ingredient list that it's not in the top three ingredients and that it's also, well, it depends what else is in there, but, you know, just generally, you know, it isn't like the first ingredient because that's going 
to indicate that that's the majority of the product. So having a look at the the label and just just being aware that muesli is can be high in sugar, but it also you can find great options that are less than 10 grams per 100 grams and it's it's a great way to have breakfast on the go because you know personally I love it with a bit of yogurt uh, I think fine I put I put it in a cup I put a bit of muesli in there and then I do flavor it with some cinnamon and some um, fresh fruit like raspberries and blueberries and I love that because I know I'm getting a bit of antioxidants from my fruit. I'm getting some um, the herbs and spices also, like the cinnamon, which is great for PCOS, is um, anti-inflammatory. And then my yoga is low GI, so I'm going to get my energy released really nice and slowly. So it's overall a really well-balanced breakfast. Yeah. Definitely. I, I want to just rewind back to the ingredients list because I think you raised a really good point there and the ingredients list is something that confuses quite a lot of people. So Laura mentioned that if you look over on the ingredients list and you see sugar in the top three ingredients, it may not be the best choice. So if you're not aware, when you look at an ingredients list, the ingredients of a product are listed in order of the highest amount in that product to the lowest amount. So if you see sugar in those first three ingredients, it means it makes up quite a big portion of that food. So if you can't remember those numbers that we mentioned before, like the under 10 to 15 grams of sugar per 100 grams or under three grams of saturated fat per 100 grams, you can just flip over, look at the ingredients list, and if you see sugar in one of those top three ingredients, you know it probably isn't going to meet that criteria and to maybe look for a different type of muesli. So that's just a really practical little tip that you can do straight away next time you go into the supermarket. I encourage you just to you know, flip that product over, look at the ingredients list and see where sugar or fat or whatever ingredient you're looking for sits on that ingredient list. It's a really quick little hack of assessing the nutrition content of a food product. Yeah, and I might just add, if you're looking at the ingredients list, another name for sugar can also be glucose or golden syrup or maple syrup. So they're just other names for sugar. And we still don't want those ingredients to be in the top three. And I mean, that would be such a good topic for us to talk about in more detail, different types of sugar and which ingredients do constitute as sugar or be are included as sugar. So that would be such a good topic for us to cover in more detail at a later stage. So keep your eye out. We'll do a, we'll do an mm. episode on that for you all. I know, it's a whole um, new topic. <laughs> it is, isn't it? We could talk about that for a while. So the other thing that I'm always really considerate with when it comes to muesli Quality is obviously really important, but what we eat that muesli with and the amount of muesli that we eat is going to have the biggest impact on our blood sugar levels. So like always, whenever we're having a carbohydrate-based food like muesli in your diet when you have PCOS, we want to try and pair it with extra fiber, extra protein, or some extra healthy fats to really balance out that food and keep you feeling nice and full and stabilize your blood sugar levels. So, Laura, I would love to know what do you love to eat with your muesli? I know you mentioned you, you do often have it with yogurt. Is there anything else that you would add to that to, to balance out your, your muesli? I do love it with yogurt and I mostly have it with yogurt. I sometimes will have it 
with milk. Not often, but I do sometimes find that, you know, sometimes I do want something a little bit runnier and more porridge-like. And yeah, so sometimes I will have it just with a little bit of milk or I might add it on top of porridge just to give it a little bit of a crunch. I do like the texture of muesli. So sometimes that can be a nice sort of winter warmer option that I would pick. But in summer, I do like the yogurt where I do add those sort of like frozen berries um, or fresh berries. And then in winter, it's kind of like the honey, you know, honey and cinnamon and banana. That's kind of my favorite kind of way to do it. How do you like your muesli? Yeah, so for me, I actually prefer to have muesli as a snack more so than as a as a breakfast meal. I typically like to have that small sort of like small handful of, of muesli and sort of layer it with some high protein yogurt. So I'll get like a little glass jar or a little bowl and basically put like a sprinkle of the muesli, some high protein flavored yogurt. And I like to use the yogurt for my flavoring. So I might get like a yummy salted caramel, high protein yogurt, or even like a berry flavored high protein yogurt. And that's where I get my nice sweetness and flavor from. And then I use a much lower added sugar muesli. And basically layer the two of those and then put some fresh fruit on top and nuts and seeds. And that is such a powerful, nutrient-dense little snack that will is great for afternoon tea. I love to have that one at afternoon tea when you start getting, you know, peckish at that three or four o'clock mark. And that is super filling, nice and high in protein, high in fiber, and will carry you through to dinner. So that's my favorite way of having muesli. Uh, as I said, I much prefer to have it as a well-balanced snack than as a main meal for breakfast. I just find for me personally, it doesn't hit the spot for breakfast. Mm, I think it's a good, I think it um, it's a good one if you're not a big breakfast person, because sometimes yes. um, I don't feel like breakfast, but I know that, it, you know, if I do not start my day with a good fuel source, even if it's not a large portion, then I'm going to run into trouble. So, uh, you know, particularly, you know, coming into that morning tea time where then I'm ravenous. And I find that with my clients too, that if you're not a big breakfast person, then having a smaller sort of like snack size portion, similar to what you're saying, Ebony, but sort of having that in the morning to kind of start the metabolism, start those hunger cues and and actually have something in your body that is going to provide you some energy. But uh, you still might need, a, you know, another snack later, but at least that you've had something and that you're managing those blood sugar levels rather than having going for long periods of time without having a meal and then overeating later. So we want to avoid that. So, okay, you're right. Yes, sometimes it is more of a snack. I, I do sort of use it more of a snack option. But again, if I don't feel hungry in the morning, that's generally when I have it because it's easy. It's really easy to prepare. It's really quick. Like you said, you can put it in a cup and put it together and enjoy it within five minutes. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing. I agree with you, you know, quick and easy. If you are rushed in the morning, if your appetite's not the best, it is a really good grab and go option. Just be really mindful of what you eat it with. Make sure that you're getting that food that's rich in protein and fiber to go alongside it, because that is just going to sustain you for so much longer. It's going to keep you feeling full and it's going to stop your um, blood sugar levels spiking quickly and 
then crashing, which can result in cravings and fatigue. So it's all about what you eat it with and, you know, the portion size. So just some considerations there for you. But We have a little challenge for you. Next time you go to the supermarket, we would love for you to take a look at the mueslis that are on offer. Maybe have a look at the muesli that's in your cupboard at the moment and check out the nutrition information panel. See how it stacks up in terms of what we've just spoken about today. And if it isn't meeting those sort of criteria that we've discussed, take a look next time you're at the supermarket for an alternative. I'd love for you to let us know. Reach out on social media or send us an email. Let us know what your favorite muesli is, which one that you find works best for you and keeps you feeling nice and full. We always love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on more episodes like this where we can really help you to work out what foods are going to be best to support your PCOS. If you found this episode helpful, please don't forget to share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to go and leave a review for us. We love hearing your thoughts on the podcast and we look forward to bringing you more informative episodes to help you navigate living with PCOS with confidence.